This podcast is brought to you by MetaFitX Pilates Bootcamp. MetaFitX Pilates Bootcamp is the most complete workout you will ever do. Where we start out each class with high interval training where you're using your body weight exercise, we're using TRX straps, slam balls, and then many other different uh, props and body weight stuff to get that heart rate up, to get that caloric burn that you're looking for, to, to, to lose that weight and to get in great and amazing shape. And at the end of each class, we end with traditional Pilates, both on the mat and utilizing the Pilates springboard. And the purpose of Pilates is just reintegrating everything that you've you've done back into the body. Again, you're strengthening the body, you're toning, and you're lengthening the body. And we're working on that, uh, on the whole um, structure of the body and the alignment of the body. So it's super, super important to your everyday life. You're also going to see muscle tone happening because of the Pilates, that core strength, working on the lower back strength. All that stuff is, is a huge factor in the Pilates. So... Right now, for all you guys listening to these podcasts, right now it's 10% off for one month of membership. That's 10% off. You just give us a call. It's 585-425-1113, or you can email steve at meta-fitx.com and let us know that you heard us from the podcast, and we will get you hooked up with your 10% off for that first month. And thanks a lot, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. What's up, everyone? It is Inspire Living with Rodney and Steve. Today, our guest is Kevin Sawyer. He is the owner of Nova Fitness here in Rochester, New York, and a certified personal trainer as well as a U.S. Army veteran. He's a traveler, and he's a facilitator of health and fitness. Welcome, Kevin. It's awesome to have you here. It's my first time meeting you, so it's nice to meet you. Uh, just tell us a little bit. Of, let's just start by you just telling us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in fitness? Why did you open Nova Fitness? And kind of what is Nova Fitness all about? All right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, if we start from the beginning, I would say I was actually born in South Korea, and a big part of that is I was adopted when I was three. So for me, that actually has played like a really big part in my life, um, and I didn't really know it until I got older, and uh, there's really... Um, guided me on a lot of decisions that I've made and things I've wanted to do. Uh, so I did grow up here in Rochester, New York. After uh, high school, I joined the Army and moved away and spent a lot of time in, in the South, so mostly Georgia in North Carolina, and then went overseas um, in 2001, 2002 time. I spent overseas and then uh, decided to get out of the service. I realized that uh, I did enjoy it. I liked the camaraderie of it, but there were just kind of some other things in life that I knew I wanted to do, and I didn't think I'd have that opportunity if I had stayed in. And then once I got out, I moved back home to New York in 2006, 2005, 2006, and then I actually started working at my friend's father's company, which is a packaging company out in Leroy, New York. So I was there for, I think, Let's see, three or four months during the summertime, working in a factory nice. and like Sounds doing like the same thing over and over again. And then I, uh, I had soon realized again that it was something I did not want to do. And then just on a whim, my mother had sent me um, a photo 
of a newspaper ad saying somebody was looking for a personal trainer. So I decided to respond back to the ad, get certified, and uh, started my fitness journey there. And that was in 2005, 2006. And so I got certified, started working as a personal trainer, uh, working with clients all over Rochester, kind of, to begin with, kind of taking on anybody and everybody that was willing to hire me. And at that time, it was actually really difficult to be a trainer. Not that it isn't now, but even more so. There were a lot of clubs where the only time you could train people was if you were an employee of that club. So like if you wanted to go train people at the RAC or if you wanted to train people at the JCC or at even Midtown, um, all those type of facilities, you had to be an employee at those places. And obviously being an employee of a place, there's a lot of rules and things you have to follow. And it's not like I didn't ever want to follow the rules, but I just knew in the long term. Yeah. But I knew in the long term that I've always wanted to kind of do things my way. Um, So it was difficult in the beginning to do that and really kind of had to do everything from training people in my driveway to training people in their homes uh, to training people in parks, you know, kind of all the things that trainers kind of go through in the beginning, um, trying to get themselves established. That's where I think I first met you at Flex. I think you were training someone there. Yeah, the yeah. Culver Road. Yeah. Yeah, when it was, uh, man, that was that was a while ago now. Oh, before okay. they moved. Yeah. Well, that was right. So I think the very first time I remember seeing you, and it was when CrossFit roster was in Egypt. Okay. And they had that first games, and yes. you you competed in it, and we had the we did the team. I came from Wolf Brigade, and we okay. did the team thing. It was so small, if you think about it now, yes. like what CrossFit was then to where it's become. Yeah. It's exploded, yeah. yeah. It was funny. I remember being at the very first CrossFit Rochester Games and really not having doing CrossFit very long and working in a global gym at the time. And then I can't remember what place I took, but I made it onto the podium nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. So it was like very exciting. And then fast forward almost 10 I think years. You were first. It might have. <laughs> I may have. Uh, but it's funny because fast forward like 10 years, I didn't make it to another podium, right? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially until I believe uh, CrossFit Paradigm had the Rochester uh, Rumble. I want to say in 2015, I finally got to make it back onto a podium after like 10 years of doing CrossFit. Which was, <laughs> was it the Masters? Uh, no, I was actually considered still like in the open division, even though I, I do compete as a master's athlete now, since I'm in that it's, age bracket. It's super competitive. There's a ton of places in Rochester now, right? Like doing the CrossFit and... It is. It's, uh, it's been a very interesting um, experience seeing it from uh, being a participant and also as an owner. Uh, so I remember guys that I competed with on the local level in Syracuse area, in New York City, New Jersey area, Pennsylvania area. So I would see a lot of the guys early on and that you see at the games now. So guys like Austin Meliolo that you've seen at the games multiple yeah. times, James Hobart multiple times, things of that nature. So I remember competing against all those guys back in the day. Um, so I do remember there was a point where I was very envious and there was slight depression seeing their trajectory of their CrossFit career going sky high. And then mine kind of leveling off because at the time I was still working full time. I had aspirations yeah. of opening up the gym prior right. to many athletes opening up their own gyms. 
things of that nature. Um, so having to let that go a little bit uh, was definitely a learning experience, which was um, difficult in the beginning, I would definitely say. It's, it's really hard when you start to realize that Father Time is, is right on your behind. Oh, yeah, you know, always. You know, I, I remember being, you know, early 30s and just trying to keep up with, like, the 24-year-olds and mm-hmm. I'm just, like, going, why can't I keep up with them? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, you know, and on the other side of things with that, I remember when I first moved back, I used to work in the bars. Uh, so I used to work at a local bar uh, preps for a long time. And so I remember being in there and then I remember working the door and checking IDs and stuff. And then you would see somebody come in with like an ID that says they're like 31, 32 years old. You're like, oh my God, you're so old. What are you doing in the bar? <laughs> you know, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's funny when you look back at that now, because obviously even being older than that now, being 35, almost 36, I'm like, man, I still feel so young, you know? And, yeah. and it's always one of those things when we always talk to younger people like, oh, like you have time, be patient, all these other types. You know, it's your life isn't over at 30, right? You know, right. You, you can be 35 and start back over. You can be 40 and still feel young. Um, so it, it's interesting to kind of have that now being able to reflect back. So. I think I think like a lot of guys at like our gym, we have fighters, right? Like the windows for fighters to do it mm-hmm. is small. Yes. You know, they have a very small window in their lives. And like I see lots of talented people come in. But their talent, their work effort isn't kind of what their talent is, right? If they would work a little harder and be a little bit more engaged, like, they could do things. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to ride that talent so much that, like, yeah. it kind of leads them nowhere. Right. It's funny because as a coach, and I'm sure you see it, I almost rather have that unskilled person that just works hard to get kind of good. Yes. Because they understand the path it takes and like what that hardship to get kind of good is versus that person that's just kind of good already. Like they don't understand the value of that. Oh, definitely. You know, I think coaches in sports, they always talk about, you know, they always want their best player on the team to be the hardest worker. Right. So versus their most talented player on the team being lazy. Right. And you can kind of see that and what kind of culture that creates on sports teams. You know, when you look at somebody like Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Right. So their best player on their team is the hardest worker. So no matter what happens, no matter how good you are on that team, you have to work just as hard as him to show that, hey, look, I belong on this team. Whereas if you can take other athletes um, and any other organization, you know, they rely on the talent. You look at, like, Josh Gordon from the Cleveland Browns, right, getting chance after chance, right, Uh, given many opportunities because of his talent, yet he's never changed his priorities in life. He's never switched uh, his mentality. Uh, He's never grown and developed more just relies on the talent. You can kind of see that stem into the whole organization, which I think is always very interesting. This is where we become like, as trainers and coaches, like psychologists, you know, like it's almost like we're a therapist to these kids that come in. More so than even a coach at some regard. Like, you know, it's really digging into like, okay, what motivates this person? Because you know, you have the push-pull. Some people want to be encouraged, right? Some people yeah. are like, you're doing great. And they pick up and then when they get those words of affirmation of like, I'm doing great, like they do better. Some people you need to put a foot in their ass. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There's definitely different ways to motivate people. And like you said, you have to find that out. And 
I forget who it is. They talk about like the five different ways that people are motivated. You know, it's through positive reinforcement. Yeah. It's through physical touch. You know, it's is through it love languages. Yeah, that's that's it as well too. Yeah. yeah. So they talk about a lot of that stuff, and you're kind of like, oh man, like, and it and it goes so Steve far when you can. Touch. Yeah, we love, we love it, physical touch. Yeah, yeah. and it really is amazing <laughs> when you find out what the right. Uh, motivator is for people or the right drive is because then you can say oh this person that I've been trying to motivate trying to inspire in this other manner it wasn't working and then once you kind of figure out what it is and then you can kind of see them develop and grow yeah, and start to speak their, start to speak yeah. speak their language yeah which is, which and is it, awesome yeah. it is I mean and that works in, in, in regards to any kind of relationship whether you're at work or mm-hmm. with like you know a partner um, knowing how to communicate together is, is, I mean, that's essential, right? Communication. And if, if you can't communicate, it's eventually there's a like long fall down. Oh, yeah. You know. So for myself, now that being in the owner role of Nova, you know, and it was always like that, like teach classes myself, right? Tons and tons of classes. Teach all these classes that I can. And then it turned into like, oh, okay, now I have some employees and now I have a bunch of employees. So for me, my, my shift has kind of become not necessarily the members on a day-to-day basis, but a lot of it more so my, for my coaches. So now my goal is to develop my coaches as much as possible. And how do I motivate my coaches? So right. we go back to that same thing. It's, you know, are some of my coaches motivated just by monetary value? So do they just want to be paid more? Do I have other coaches where they want opportunity, right? They want to grow and do something else within the gym and have something of their own. Are they motivated by the fact of seeing our members improve? You know, just that reaffirmation of knowing that their coaching is having an influence and an impact on people. So for me, that's that's really cool to see now. And I joke around with a lot of my coaches and a lot of my members, and I let them know now, like, because there's always that nervousness because they see some changes, right? So they see me going from teaching a bunch of classes to teaching less classes to being in the gym all the time to kind of being behind the scenes now a little bit. And so there's always that nervousness. So like, oh, what's Kevin doing? Why, is it, why don't we see him that much? Why isn't he coaching that many classes? And for me, it's always the longevity game, right? We talked about being patient. Yeah. Yeah. It's I want the gym to be very sustainable for a long period of time. Well, if I coach all these classes day in and day out, if I deal with all my members day in and day out on their membership issues, on their emotional issues, on their progress in the gym, it's not sustainable in the long run. So for me now, it's can I switch my focus to my employees to make sure that my coaches are becoming the best coaches possible? And how do I do that? Do I What opportunities do, do I have to present to them to allow them to grow, to develop, not just as coaches, but as people? Because a lot of my coaches are fairly young. Yeah. Um, and younger than myself so for me it's I want them to grow and develop as a human being as well not just as a coach within the gym and so I'm always trying to give them new opportunities and have meetings with them find out how they're doing and not just in the gym but with their other jobs you know in their personal life things as well as much as they want to share you know obviously not trying to pry too much but, but yeah it's building relationships right and like I oh think, definitely I think if you have a strong relationship with anybody, that's going to go so much farther than I think any kind of monetary thing that goes away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it, a number. The, I mean, the monetary thing is, is obviously <laughs> something we need to, we need to make money, but I agree yeah. with that hundred percent. I mean, if you create that culture within you and your employees, yeah. that trickles right down into the members as well. 
and everybody feels that family environment, yeah. that, that that nurturing environment. It's it's huge. You know, having a business in New York and having like 15, 16 employees and learning the hard way. We had to, we had bad morale for a really long time, mm-hmm. and we had to turn it around and do yeah. that and start to really have meetings and talk and get their ideas and stuff. And it, it's it's not. It's not easy, especially in this business, because you don't have full-time employees most of the time. You have people teaching four or five hours a week, maybe 10 hours a week, and then they're leaving and running to their other job. So it's not like they're all working in the office, having conversations with each other, you know? So it makes it a lot tougher for everybody to get to know each other, too, I feel like. Oh, definitely. So important to to do that and have meetings and... Yeah, I've always talked about with my employees saying, like, my goal is actually to be their best boss. Like, I don't care. Like, I have one that's a school teacher, right? So I want to be better than her principal. I have another one. Um, another coach that's an architect, right? So I want to be better than his, yeah, the, the other partner at the firm. Things of that nature. So it's really kind of gotten to that point. And it sounds very selfish in the sense of, like, my whole goal is to be their best boss, right? So it's like... You kind of, on an outward appearance, it looks like, oh, it's all about me. Like, I need that. Uh, but in reality, it's if I can provide them with enough opportunity, then they'll see that. You know, that will actually be their reaction. Like, oh, I wish my boss in my other job was more like Kevin. You know, I wish I had these other opportunities to grow and develop in my other position like I do at the gym. And it's only a part-time job. You know, those, those type of things now are what really carry a lot of weight and things that I'm trying to work on as much as possible. Because like you mm-hmm. talked about, I think the work environment's interesting. So for me, like I never went to school to, for business. So yeah, it is, you know, it's a very <laughs> trial by fire. It's learn yeah. as you go. It's, you know, make mistakes. Hopefully none of them are big enough to put you out. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, and I think that's important as well, too, to to have those experiences and make those mistakes to learn yeah. from them. Um, so it, it's, it's fun and it's very, very interesting. And it's always a learning experience. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about this because I think, like, back to your military, and I also was in the military, and uh, all those things don't happen really. No. In the military. No, no. Like, like you're just told what to do, and you got to suck it up, and your emotions really don't matter. Yeah. At least my experience in the military. Yeah. And it's like, how my life is similar to that. Like, I want my connections with people to be authentic and real. Mm-hmm. And I want them to call me, or if anybody needs anything, anybody I'm close with, like, anytime, call me. What can I do to support you? Mm-hmm. You know? And, I mean, there was that camaraderie to a degree amongst the people within the military. But yeah. there was still, like... I don't know because it was weird, right? Because so many people were coming and going. Yes. You know what I mean? You're always saying hi, you're always saying bye. Yeah. Like always, right? Like every every two months, like you, there's a new round of people in there and there's a bunch of people that got out or went somewhere else. And mm-hmm. it was just like, it was very much alone. You felt alone. Did you feel alone in the military? To I did point? to a certain extent because I had very different interests than a lot of the people I was with. So for me, when I went into the service, um, I was a radio operator, um, jumped out of airplanes. I went into the 75th Ranger Regiment, stayed down there. And so I wasn't really part of the regular army. Uh, so I was in a very smaller self-contained unit. Uh, so even with there, so now you're in a smaller unit, self-contained, separate from the rest of the army. And oh, by the way, these are kind of all the things we're into. These are all the things we like to do. So for me, those weren't really the things I liked, things I didn't really want to be part of so like I like going to museums 
I like going to shows. I like doing this other type of stuff. So you kind of, like you said, you, you go alone, right? You kind of build up enough confidence to be like, oh, I'm going to go to this movie by myself. I'm going to go see this show by myself. I'm going to go to this coffee shop so I can relax and write stuff down and journal by myself. Um, so I actually learned and experienced and grew there uh, having a confidence, relying on a group, but also being able to do the things on my own. Uh, and that is really part of the reason why I got out because I kind of saw that and I knew that I didn't always want to have one foot in the door and one foot out trying to do my own thing. So I, I knew that if I couldn't fully commit, that I knew that I would always kind of be searching for something else. And in that type of environment, I think if you're doing that, it either is going to make for a very long 20 years till you can retire. Worst case scenario, you know, somebody could get seriously hurt or killed. So I was kind of like, you know what, it's better for me to have taken the experience that I had, get out, and then move on to the next chapter of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, with me it was similar, you know, it was funny because I, I really struggled in the beginning. It was, I mean, I probably spent the first year trying to get kicked out. Okay. And then I finally was like, okay, if I just do, like, and I think it taught me a lot at that point because I was a punk kid. I was right out of high school. Why did you join again? Uh, well, it was, it was more or less I think that we talked about that before. My father was like, <laughs> he's like, once you graduate high school, you will not live here. Um, so it was nice. like, well, fuck you. I'm joining the army. <laughs> so I just joined and, you know, being a combat engineer, it was like, sounded really awesome. I got to blow up things and right, right. explosives and do this stuff. So like, and that aspect of it was kind of cool. Like, like some of it, like the driving the vehicles, the playing with weapons and, and, and explosives. Like mm -hmm. I knew at that point that I would probably never do this again. So right. like, I kind of appreciated that. It was the politics of it really right. that really drove me nuts. Someone had a little bit more rank than you. They could tell you what to do just to be a dick. Right. You know, and mm -hmm. I hated that. You know, and they needed it had just a year of college, so they were like an E five faster than you could be. Okay. You know, and next thing you know, they're telling you like, you know, no, we're not doing it this way, we're doing it this way, and it was a pride ego thing so many times, and it was like, you know what, fuck you, fuck this. <laughs> uh, but I mean, at the same time, like I love that quote, like the only way is through, and you know, I just did it. Mm -hmm. I learned how to do it, and I, I, mm -hmm. I, I fulfilled my commitment. And then I got out. Right. Like, you know, it's amazing how much they love you when you're ready to get out and how much they want you to join for your money. Sure, yeah. You know, you got six months left. They're like, but, but we'll give you $20,000. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden all this money gets thrown at you and, and your days are really easy. You know, take the rest of the day off and all this stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, wait a minute here. What are you trying to do to me? That's right. Yeah, it's it's can't imagine. I've had my brother was in the Marines and my brother in law was in the Marines and okay. they both you know, my brother in law especially had a rough time. You know, he had a lot of problems coming back. But I mean it was wild. I mean I just remember like it was that first because like, I went to Fort Leonardwood. Okay. And just in basic, it was weird because like you're there at a reception with all these people and you're kind of waiting, getting shots, doing all these like in-processing stuff and it's real long and it's long days and you're just kind of sitting around most of the time and then like they said, okay, the combat engineers are going over here and there was like five of us and then everybody else is going to boot camp but we had to go with the special because they separated the combat engineers for some reason and... Like, it was like, why is everybody going that way and we're alone? And then next thing you're on a cattle truck and they're screaming at you. <laughs> you're like, why is everybody so mad? Yeah. You're so angry. You're so angry. Yeah. yeah. It was, so I had a similar reason why like, I wanted to do the service. So 
I have an older brother, older sister. They're off in college, um, kind of doing my own thing at home with my parents, go through that rebellious teen phase. I actually didn't live at home my senior year of high school. I had moved out at that point, and my parents I was still in touch with um, at that point, but I knew I had kind of done some of the college things. I was like, okay, let me fill out applications just to appease my parents even though I don't live at home. So my sister had been going to the University of Dayton at the time, so I filled out my application there. My brother was actually at the Citadel, which is a military academy down in South Carolina. So I filled out my application there. I filled out my application for... Quinnipiac College and for the University of Hawaii, which is like the most random schools. So like no rhyme or reason, right? Well, obviously the Hawaii one, because God knows it would have been absolutely wonderful to go out to Hawaii for, you know, university, but what can you do? So I remember filling out all these applications and then I was fairly lucky that school came easy to me. I didn't have to work really hard at school. Uh, So I got accepted into the majority of the colleges that I had applied to. But I didn't want to go. Like, and I kind of knew that internally. And so, like, even from the beginning, like, filling out the applications and stuff, I'm like, I don't really want to do this. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, So I did all that. And I remember being like, okay, like, you're going to go to the Citadel. Your brother's already there. You kind of need some direction in your life. This will be good for you. And then, nah. The Citadel? It sounds like, like, is it religious? No, it's a military academy. Oh. So, so weird. Yeah, it's like in the lines of going to West Point, going to Air Force Academy, things of that nature. Uh, so my brother was already down there and my parents were like, oh, you can, you got accepted, you can go. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't really want to, you know, and you're kind of like holding it off, holding it off, holding it off. And like I said, I didn't live at home at the time. And so I kind of knew, and I finally told the school like, Hey, I'm not coming down. I'm not going to accept. And then my parents were like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'll figure it out. And at the time... Um, I was hanging out with the wrong people and then I had gotten mixed up in a thing where this is what really kind of turned my life around that I got into a situation where I knew that if I stayed there that either I was going to go to jail or I was going to get killed so those were like the two things that were going to happen and then we go back to being adopted I was kind of like okay no matter how terrible my parents are that I at least perceive them as being right as a teenager (laughs) I knew that they had to at least love me so much that they were willing to adopt me and take me into their home right and so in that moment I had soon realized that I have to do something if it's not for me then it's for them right so you kind of get that little shift in your brain finally and for me I I was very fortunate that that happened because like I said the the situation I was in is either go to jail or get killed and I was kind of like what do do I do like these are bad options yeah Yeah. so what am I you know and and you kind of play it out in your head you're like imagine this on the news like kid adopted into a nice very loving home ends up going to jail ends up getting killed and I was like that that's just awful. I'm like, that just sounds terrible. And then it's even more so, like, again, kind of this, it would turn other p- parents off from adopting, right? And we're like, oh, God, if this could happen, maybe I don't want to adopt, right? And so, like, you get all these, like, f- flooded with all these emotions and thoughts and stuff. So at that point, I was kind of like, I have to do something. And then, sure enough, I ended up in the Army anyway, so I probably should have went to the Citadel because <laughs> at least I could have went into the Army as an officer instead of enlisted. But so yeah, so I remember going in and then I remember always feeling like, like I know a lot, right? I'm fairly intelligent, I'm fine. But that exposure to so many different people, so to many. being in an environment that you have zero control over, 
really opens you up. And I think that's one thing that I think the military did a really um, great job at, at least for me, was to show me how large the world is, how different people are, and how to deal with things that aren't in your control. So and if you start to kind of put all those things together, you can kind of realize, like, you can only control so much. You can choose to be happy and open yourself up to meeting other people because you never know what it's going to be like, you know. And, and I've definitely that's carried that. That's a great way. That's a great thing to take away. Too. Yeah. It's a great thing to take away from that, too. I think that's, you know, that's I went, awesome. I went from Hilton, New York, right okay. to high school. You know, we had, like, one black kid, you know, <laughs> to all of a sudden, like, just a melting pot, you know. Yeah. And, like... It didn't matter. You just had to get the work done, right? Yep. You had to figure it out together right. as a team and, like, you know, all kinds of people. All yeah. kinds. It's so crazy. Like, just just people in our country, right? Like, yep. that, that's just from sea to sea. Like, this isn't even the world, right? And, like, it's just, like, so many different types of backgrounds. and. That's what, I mean, somewhat similar but not at the same time, but that's what, kind of what New York City did for me, too. I yeah. mean, it was... I wasn't obviously under, I, I think it's a lot more stressful to be in the military, but like I wasn't under all that kind of stress, but it was, that's what New York City was for me, living there for 12, sure. there for 12 years and just, okay. you're exposed to everything, you know, yeah. and everything yeah. and everybody, all kinds of people. And that's, that really opened my mind up a lot too, you know, cause you can either accept that, embrace it and love it, or you can just run and hide. Yes. Pretty much the two choices you have. And you I know? just think like, like listening to us talk here and like none of us went to college, yeah. And like it, it just, I think like that might even inside you. She runs her own business and didn't go to college, and it's. I did try the college thing, and yeah. I was like, after I got out of the service, yeah. I tried for many years. You, <laughs> you know, just randomly do doing it I did a little and picking college. it up and then dropping it and then doing it again. I did. I got again. my associate's degree in oh. exercise science, yeah. too, but it's not really. <laughs> I'm know. just like like one thing I see in the world today is the stress younger generation has for student loans. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like, there's an excess, like, just cloud over so many kids' heads. Like, you know, kids will go to be a teacher, right, with a valid career, right? Like, yeah. a teacher, yeah. and they can't get a job. Yeah. And then they make, you know, they're making, like, what I make, you know what I mean? But they got $60,000 to pay back. And yeah, it's like, more than that, most times they're getting their master's because they, at some way they have to yeah. get their master's too. Yeah, especially know? for New York State. My sister's a, a teacher and she's got over $100,000 in debt easily and she's got her master's and she's yeah. a teacher. I mean, it's crazy. Well, I also think people change their careers a lot more than they mm -hmm. used to, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think there are some people who really like do good, but it's not for everyone. No, yeah. absolutely not. To have an 18 year old be like, yes, this is what I'm going to do for yeah. the rest of my life. There's probably a handful that really might stick to that path right. and feel good about it. You know, right. so I think just the pressure too of like you went for all these years and now you have to do it because you have this degree where now we're in a time where people change their jobs all the time yeah. and go through many different career paths. What, what was the scenario your receptionist work said about school? Oh, <laughs> she said if, uh, oh God, I, I'm probably going to butcher it, but if someone would have given her a Lamborghini when she was 18 years old and told her she would be paying for it but never be able to drive it, <laughs> ah. that's her degree from her. Oh, that's, <laughs> okay. that's, that's crazy. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good analogy. Yeah. But, but it yeah. is good. I, I think school is great. Mm -hmm. The more you know, like, you know, I feel like 
it, you can't people can't take knowledge from you and just right. like the army or any situation you're in I feel you learn something if you're living in the dorms or if not, you're always <laughs> learning and I think that can't be taken away from you I, I just feel like it's the pressure that people put the society puts on people to right. be put in these boxes because like you said most people when they're 17 18 years old have no fucking idea what they want to do Definitely, they should just go get a job and no. go travel and just experience as many yeah. things as they possibly can that's what I wish I would have done when yeah. I was younger it's you know just experience like you get an 18 year old kid to get away from home to go live in the dorm yeah. to, to, to drink too much booze yeah. to go like chase girls or do whatever they do like just kind of live kind of on their own Slightly reckless, which is really needed, I think. Yeah. It is a growing yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah, like you just figure right. out, like, I have X dollars. I need to eat all week, but I want to have this fun, so I'll eat the minimal amount so I can drink and have fun. Right. Which, again, I think it's experiences, that. yeah, that you have yeah. to have. Yeah. But to circle back to your kids going to school and getting a degree, and, and, and I think it is super important, and I think it's wonderful, but I think the problem is sometimes, one, people go to school and they have this idea of like I like this topic so I'm going to go to school and I'm going to expect someone to give me a job when I get out well if you go to school for like 15th century like Greek history and you live in upstate New York and you don't want to move out of Rochester like good luck finding a job you know so in that same point it's always kind of like you do have to be somewhat um intelligent in making your decision on what you want to spend your money on right when you go to school the other part of it is when people will graduate they'll go okay i have a teaching degree now i want to go teach in the pittsburgh school district because i know it's the best school district and they wait and they wait and they wait (laughs) and they say i can't get a job i can't get a job well okay meanwhile the city school district they can't fill jobs meanwhile they're probably getting called from people outside of new york state from north carolina california everywhere else that wants new york state certified teachers but they're like, oh, I don't want to move away from my family. Oh, I like it here. You know, so they're unwilling to make some sacrifices to kind of fill an opportunity that is presentable to them, but it doesn't meet what some of their criteria are. So then they say, hey, look at like, it's New York State that I can't get my teaching job in. Well, you're like, okay, well, you still could get a teaching job somewhere, but you have to make that sacrifice. And you have to not make, everybody right, is. Right, you have to make steps. I mean, if you're, yeah. you're very few, few of us have the opportunity to just go from like zero, to like making no money to making millions of dollars, yeah. for instance, or something. You have to like prove yourself, number yes. one. You have to prove yourself to, to the universe, to the world, to the yeah. people around it, to yourself, and then slowly do get into it and grow. Believe me, I've. That's why I'm where I'm at for because I fucked everything up in my life. Number one, and then because I fu- because I've you know not given up, you know, and that's the same thing with you. Any our side, you guys, everybody owning their own business. It's like yeah. you, you know, it's not like you all of a sudden woke up one day and like poop. I'm opening my business and we're good to go. Yeah, we did the we did the work. We we hit the ground. We we worked like you said. You taught all the classes. You know, I mean, it's like it, that's I think that. That's one of the biggest frustrations I have with with like a lot of the the kids nowadays too. It's just like they they it's that they want their cake and eat it too immediately. It seems like you know. Um, although I heard, although I did, I also heard a, um, somebody else explain the millennials in a different way, which I thought was really interesting. And they were saying that millennials aren't lazy or entitled. They're, they want something that is worthwhile. They want to be part of a bigger picture, sure. and that's why. Yeah. And that's why it's hard to or whatever. So, may, so I'm sure there's a little bit of both things going yeah. on there. But it's it's, you know, you got to work your ass off in order to get. So I mean, it's all about just paying payment. Like 
I feel like if it's not making a difference or it doesn't matter to this universe's experience, like mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't want to work in the packaging factory yeah. and like right. doing repetitive shit just yeah. for, for dollar bills. Yeah, but like, you're responsible. I mean, you're you're yeah. you're sur- seeking it out. You're you're doing the right thing. It's not like you're all of a sudden. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm also willing go. to say like, okay, like I can I can forfeit the extra money that I could probably make at the packaging right. to work in a place or be a part of something that is gonna fulfill my heart and what I want out of this existence right. rather than like uh, all about the dollar bills. Like, and I think we get somewhat conditioned about money at mm-hmm. a young age, like money equals success, you know? And it took me a while to realize, wait, I've, I've spent time making money and like, I didn't feel any successful. I felt empty, yeah. you know? And I felt the most successful when I like, I, I have people calling me like like a person mm-hmm. in the gym that's having a problem and they call me at 10 o'clock at night and I sit yeah. up and talk to them for an hour and then they tell me how much that meant to them. You know? That's yeah, where I feel. That's, that's, that's huge. I mean, when I was making the most money in my life, I was the most anxious in my life at that point in time. I mean, it was insane. Like I was in New York and I, and I literally had days where I just couldn't leave my apartment. I was just totally mm-hmm. just anxiety ridden with, you know, it was crazy. And, and so it, yeah, money money definitely it helps for for sure. No, oh, yeah, definitely. But it's not. It definitely is not something that is uh, will go, is going to get rid of all your issues for sure. No. Yeah. But to bring so. it back to like the millennial thing too, like obviously being older now, you always, I always look at how many times did my parents tell me like, oh, I had it so much rougher when I was a kid, you know, and right. and now I'm in that position to do the same thing to like younger people, right? So I think it, you know, it's hard. Sometimes you do lose that perspective a little bit where you're like, oh, like, I, you know, your parents used to, you used to walk like 10 miles to school with no shoes in the winter time. And you're like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Like, yes, I get it. I'm like so much privileged now compared to when you were. And then like we say the same thing about kids nowadays. And right. I think you, they do have it rougher though. Yeah. Like they do. There like, is. All the, they're bombarded with so much shit, negativity, yeah. and everything else. I mean, I, I agree. I think it's rough it now to a certain yeah. extent that wasn't when we were growing up, for sure. So I think you'll always have kind of like knucklehead people, and you'll always have people that um, are lazy. You'll always have people that will work hard. You'll always have people that yeah. are rude. You know? yeah. So like to say, like, oh, it's like this generation. Right. Well, you know what? Like every generation from the previous one says that about the later one. You know, right. it's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, I think so. You're right. <laughs> There's no like I got in this kind of argument with my grandfather who was just like this you know, <laughs> old guy and I was like you don't know what it's like to be 30 you know in 2015 right yeah. you just don't know what it's like it's completely different I'm not saying it's better or worse yeah you you it's just different. can't compare what you were doing in 1940 when you were 30 and that's and, a huge difference you know, <laughs> you know it's yeah. just a different world and yeah. you can't there's no comparison to it yeah and I think that sums in a lot of things now that, that there is that loss of context right yeah. so if you grew up in 1940 it was a lot different than you grew up in 19 or 1999 or whenever but whenever whenever i was 30 but it's so yeah that loss of context i think now is actually something that's like very prevalent you know when we talk about things because it's always like this absolute right and and nowadays it's someone says something and it's taken out of context right Mm -hmm. or someone does something and they see something in a short clip and then it's taken out of context you know so again we always kind (laughs) of we have these knee-jerk reactions to things and we we formulate our opinions about them based upon you know what we're doing right now at this moment and you're kind of like yeah, oh okay you know, like context is a weird thing right like like we take things out of context based on how we are at that moment yeah. it's it's actually 
a personal thing. Yeah. Like, anytime someone gets you wrong, unless it's a blatant, like, attack. Right. Like, you know, even how we look at social media, right? Like, we go on social media, if we're feeling bad about ourselves, we're going to see some shit that, like, like we're going to be envious or jealous that, about, yeah. you yeah. know, versus, like, if we're feeling love, we're going to be like, oh, great, they're going on vacation. That's awesome. Kevin's, where's Kevin now? Yeah. Rather than, like, what fucking Kevin, man? He's always going somewhere. He's <laughs> leaving his gym behind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could look at it both ways. Yeah. And that's just really... And I've heard both. But yes, I've heard both ways. But Jesus, you're leaving again? I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> was South America? Yeah, I just got back from Bogota. So my girlfriend and I, we spent a week down there in uh, cool. in Colombia, which, wow. speaking of context, like if you talk to your parents, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe, or my parents are like, I can't believe you would want to go there, obviously, because of all uh, the drugs going on there, right? During 70s, 80s, 90s, all that type of stuff. But it's amazing to see what the city is nowadays. Like it's it's phenomenal, the, the amount of... Uh, how vibrant the city is, the people that are living in there now and the businesses that are opening up. And it's, it's really cool to see. And so for me, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy going to like remote parts of the world or different areas that people wouldn't normally want to go to. Like, uh, I think earlier this year I was in Vietnam. Oh. And so that was awesome as well too. So I got to see some very very cool places in Vietnam and that's cool. Yeah, so I've gone and I've been very fortunate with the military and just myself and having a wonderful girlfriend that loves to travel to all these weird places as well. But going to anywhere from like Morocco, you know, like going there was really interesting. So it's yeah. kind of seeing the people and their culture there and and it just it bringing back to the military, it kind of just opens you up to being like, wow, the world is so large, there's so many different people. And and the more that I can just experience it and just keep an open mind about it, you know, the the easier my days have actually become. You know, oh, my that's the, amazing, yes. So. I mean, what does it feel like? You go to Vietnam, you fly on a plane forever, and then all of a sudden you get out in the airport there and then like I'm sure that feeling is is kind of a little bizarre. Yeah, it, it's taken use to, so we, and then this is the other thing we do. So my girlfriend and I, we tend to not stay in major cities. Uh, we tend to do the Airbnb thing. We tend to live in little neighborhoods. So a lot of times when we go on vacation, one, people are always like, oh, isn't it so expensive? I'm like, no, if you take your family to Disney, it'll be like twice as much as like me going on vacation. <laughs> trust me. Like yeah. that's just the way it is. Like, right. you, you think it's yeah. expensive to go and travel internationally, but it's really not. Um, but yeah, so we'll live in the neighborhoods and we literally just like to be like one of the locals. We like to that's eat at awesome. the little neighborhood restaurants. We want to walk up and down the streets and we want to shop at the little shops, things of that nature. So it's not like That's we perfect. go somewhere and stay at a Four Seasons and we're in downtown like Ho Chi Minh City or something. It's We're in a remote area and we just kind of hang out with locals and we don't really do like a ton of like big things because again, it's kind of waking up, have breakfast, walk around, see what the locals are doing, go to shops, do little excursions and stuff. But that's to us, that's, that's the fun. Like, yeah. I want to know where, like, the cab guy eats dinner. Like, I want to know where... Uh, so much fucking cooler. The people, yeah, yeah. that I'm renting the house yeah. from. Like, where do they go for entertainment on a Friday night? You know, those type of things. And, and there are certain things, obviously, you have to do depending on where you are to be safe, especially as an American citizen traveling to other countries. Uh, I think I'm a little bit fortunate that mine gets masked a little bit being Korean. Yeah. So I think the first thing isn't like, oh, God, these Americans invading our 
you know, our nice, <laughs> quiet neighborhood and stuff when we're traveling. So I do get a little we'll sneak in. Yeah. Yeah. Until I open my mouth and ask for something, they're like, oh, oh God. So, <laughs> yeah. You went to a CrossFit in, I, I saw your Instagram in uh, Columbia. Yeah, yeah, CrossFit Zulu. Yeah. So How was that. that? Uh, I didn't get to take a class because of my shoulder, but it, it was really cool. So it was half like um, like a martial arts studio on one side and half like bare, bare minimal gym, probably as big as like this area just squared off here. So it, it was cool to see and kind of get to talk to some of the people there and things of that nature. And then I went to like a bigger global gym while I was there and stuff so that I could do some stuff because of my shoulder. But yeah, I, I tend to try to get to a CrossFit gym if I can, if I'm traveling. Um, tends not to be the top priority. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. I am in the gym all the time. Just to check, yeah. right, right. Just to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, just see like... It's always good know. to see where other people are. Your, you know, your gym yeah. is a CrossFit gym? No, yes. A CrossFit. Yeah, so we okay. are a CrossFit facility. We teach CrossFit classes. We have other exercise classes. So we teach boot camp classes. We have like speed and agility classes. Uh, we're... In the new year, we have actually Joanne Wu is working with us for Acro Yoga. Oh, awesome. wonderful. I love her. Uh, working with her with that, looking into adding just strictly a yoga class, and then a boxing class is beginning, is going to start up at the beginning of this year as well, too. Aww. You still do jujitsu? And then we also still have our Brazilian jujitsu as well, cool. too. So that program is actually growing a lot, which is really fun to see. And we've actually had a ton of females join. So it's been awesome to see. So I think with the fact that it's open in New York State now. Yeah. Oh, right. I think that's one actually thing that's been helpful and it's kind of taken a little bit while for that to kind of grow and for people to be like, oh, okay, I know what it is now. Maybe I do want to try it, you know, and for women to try it and obviously with the UFC having a women's division and everything, yeah. I think it is less underground feeling for the women to do it Yeah. and more of it to realize, hey, this is a sport. This is a way I can create a great workout. This is a way I can build my self-confidence. This is, you know, all those type of things. I think it's it's definitely helped, you know, kind of open it up to the females. Yeah, we have a lot. Yeah, Empire. Empire. And I think, I think jujitsu in general is something that, like, if, if I was going to recommend a woman to take anything just for, like, her own self-defense, yeah. like, you know, jujitsu. Like, you're pinned together. How do you get out of someone pinning you down? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're on the ground. You're yeah. doing things and you just leverage, right? Yeah, and, and, and that really is the whole idea behind it, right? Is that it doesn't matter if you're male. It doesn't matter if you're female. It doesn't matter if you're 100 pounds. It doesn't matter if you're 300 pounds, right? There's something that you can do um, in order to either protect yourself, right, um, or get out of a situation. Uh, so, yeah, our BJJ program is definitely something that... Um, is growing and for myself I'm always learning more about it because it is a different niche and field and personality right than all the CrossFit people that I'm used to all the bootcamp people that yeah. I'm used to so there is a different way to motivate those people there's a different way that I have to interact with them on a daily basis so how did you like because obviously you were training a lot you were teaching a mm -hmm. lot of classes and so you were a trainer first probably yep. business owner second yeah <laughs> what made you be like, I just have to switch, I have to change, I have to like hand some things off and start wearing just the business owner yeah. hat? Um, it kind of happened because the gym was growing. So we were very fortunate. Um, so when I bought part of the gym, and I had some other business partners, 
they weren't making money. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into we were making a little bit of money to go get by. And then it was like, okay, well, if we keep doing just this, this is kind of where we're going to be capped at. Like we can only do so much. We're not spending time marketing. We're not spending time advertising. We're not spending time following up with our members uh, or creating new experiences for them, new opportunities. Um, so I think there was just a point where I kind of knew like, hey, look at I, going back to money, want to make X amount of dollars because I know it affords me X amount of opportunity. And so when I knew that, I kind of started working backwards. I say, okay, well, if I know I need to make X amount of money, I make X amount of money from personal training. I make X amount of money from other side things that I have going on. And then I need to make X amount of money from the gym. And so then I looked at it. Okay, well, if this is my small section from the gym that I need to make, and then I want to pay my employees X amount, and this is the rent, things of that nature, then it was kind of like, oh, wow, there's a gap. (laughs) Like, we got to close that gap, you know? And then it was kind of like, if I'm going to close that gap, I can't do it while I'm doing all these other type of things. So, yeah, it was almost going backwards, you know, and kind of reverse engineering everything to be like, okay, this... This is the benchmark, and this is why I have this benchmark, and now let's let's figure it out. Let's go backwards from there. And a lot of it was, hey, my coaches, my employees, I want wonderful coaches. I want them to feel like they're highly valued. I think in the CrossFit community, there is a very, I wouldn't say they take advantage of coaches, but I don't think they provide them with a ton of opportunities, right? Or they don't really compensate them enough for the amount of work that they're doing. A lot of times it's like, oh, I teach a class once a week and we'll trade off your membership. And I'm like, well, okay, that's great. But if you're expecting more for them person, like we have a set requirements for our coaches and every year it changes. So last year we had a set amount of requirements. This year we're actually adding new requirements in. And so if I'm wanting those people to go above and beyond what just copying a class would be, if I wanted to spend some of their additional time researching more about fitness, going out to community to take an exercise class so they can have greater experiences um, and learn from other instructors outside of the CrossFit field. Uh, If I want them to spend their time doing other of those things, then I have to make sure that they're compensated well enough. Um, And again, the easiest way to do is monetary-wise. Others, opportunity, if they want to do more things in the gym, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But... That was kind of uh, the way I kind of knew. I was like, this is, there's a hole here and I, and I have to fill it and I want to fill it a specific way. So we go back right. to like work environment, right? right? When we talk about like, oh, everybody wants to be part of something nowadays. They want to have this great reach on people and you get to see these huge companies. You see Google, you see Facebook. Uh, and they have these environments where it's like, oh, you get free lunches, there's a ping pong table and all this other type of stuff. Well, that is just all the physical stuff and the things you see, but it's a result of the back stuff, right? Having open door policies, it's people are respectful of one another, it's people have the room to share their ideas, you know, all these other type of things that are really the core of the environment, the frills and the shiny things you see, you know, are just a result of that. And I think a lot of it's now companies try to force that. They're like, oh, we'll do this. We'll have this fun day on Friday or we're going to have no more cubicles and we're just going to have an open workspace. And when we were like, well, if you've never changed the culture and now you're just trying to introduce these new things, then obviously it's going to fail. So I looked at that at the gym as well too. Like if I just throw money at people, then I'm like, ah, not everybody's driven by that. 
But if I give them an opportunity to have more impact on the gym, if I give them more opportunity uh, to maybe go and do things outside of the community uh, that they've always wanted to do, right? So for us, we pay a lot for continuing education at the gym. So all of our coaches next year, they get $1,000 credit. So whatever seminars they want to go to, whatever they want to do, they get up to $1,000 for that year that they, they get to spend. That's cool. And again, it's the return on that money is so much greater. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I don't care if they want to go to another CrossFit seminar. I don't care if they want to go do some yoga retreat. I don't care whatever it is they want to go and do. Like, go and do it. Go have those experiences, you know, and come back and share you know and come back and share yeah and tell us you know come back and share give us you know let us know what that experience was like and you know if it's something that made you a better person well and by default it'll probably make you a better coach you know so that was some of the like like working in we our relationships kind of gone in and out like when you became an ambassador at lululemon and like working for them um they sent me to a landmark leadership course that was like a week in chicago and you know, they, I mean, they, they, they pay for it. You yeah. go, your flight, you have a, you have a per diem and yeah. like, but that week did so much for my ability to lead. You know, I learned so much about myself, so much yeah. about how to lead others, how to listen to others. And like, you know, it, it isn't true when you invest in your people, yeah. it comes back. Yeah. You know, um, I've worked some other jobs in my life where like, you wish you could get that, like, by a couple jobs ago like if I could have got that across to them you know this yeah. is the thing you're missing yeah. doing everything else right but if you just did that because I knew I was going to be there long I was just kind of like a get me over yeah. kind of job and uh, and I think it's it's some companies it's more imperative that they have environments like that and I'm not saying shell out tons of money for me to do this yeah. like, let's, let's, let's figure out a fun way to like make this place a little bit more like user-friendly yeah <laughs> you know um and that's where i've been like very open-minded as i've gotten older right because before it was always like my gym my way you're right you're gonna yeah. fall you're gonna follow these little molds and then you learn you're like oh well, maybe this isn't the best way right maybe every doesn't buddy doesn't follow and have the same priorities as me so you have to kind of let it go a little bit you're like okay well if they're at least meeting the minimal requirements and they like to do things this other way, like you then have to be confident enough to be like, I can take a deep breath. I can let it go. It's going to be okay. You know, and it's, and it's hard to do, right? You know, yeah, when we big, talked about like, very, okay, yeah. how do you back off something? It's like your baby, you know, yeah. you got to kind of let your baby go to a certain extent. You got to yeah. give some, Birds you know, fly. Yeah. Yeah, you got you to let it just grow where it's meant to go. And sometimes, you know, not smothering it. And allowing it just to grow and other people have you know other ideas that you don't have that oh, yeah. that are 100%. pretty fucking amazing that when you start implementing them or hearing them you're like holy shit I didn't think of that you yeah. know I'm lucky enough to have somebody that works with me um, who uh, she, her and I bounce ideas off each other all the time she's come up with some great ideas to get me going and yeah. to keep things moving and it's, 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 it's amazing you know because I used to be that way too I was like I know best. <laughs> yeah. This is how it is. Boom, done. I learned. I learned pretty quickly that it's just not going to fucking fly yeah. for sure. It'll lose people fast. Yeah, with me. I mean, having Black Label when I had that gym, it was like, <laughs> uh, it was even being able to like, I had no skills as far as like trying to lead. Like, yeah. I like I was trying to lead my trainers, like the people I had working for me, and like my partners. Mm-hmm. You know, and it ended up being this thing like I was checked out. 
I ended up checking out and I was worried about over here and I was like, yeah. okay, it's making enough money to like pay the bills and do this yeah. thing, but I wasn't trying to grow it or do anything yeah. like with right. it. And it was like, I think that's one of the lessons I've learned in life. Like it's that Tony Robbins quote. It's like, if you want to take the island, burn your fucking boats, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you have to be all in on it. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, and that's yeah. probably one of the thing where I did butt heads with some of my other business partners. I was kind of like, well, if we're going to do this, we have to go all in. Like, you can't have another job. You can't come in in the morning and then leave all afternoon and just come back at night. And, you know, there's there's these other things that go on that require attention. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you just fully have to commit at one point. Because if you believe in it and if you want it enough, then that's where it comes in. So it's kind of like, well, I, I kind of like having the gym. I kind of like spending time there. I kind of like. Yeah. And, and well, I kind of like it just only making X amount of money. Well, like <laughs> that's what it's going to do then, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's always been the, I don't mind coming in at five in the morning to clean the bathroom. I don't mind staying till nine o'clock at night, making sure all the equipment's put away. Cause I know in the long run, all that it invested time and doing things properly will lead to the result that I'm looking for. Yeah. Yes. And there's a, you know, there's always learning curves, right? And I think a lot of times we do so much not to make a mistake or not to fail that we, we do limit ourselves in our learning then at that point, you know? And, and I think it, it is, it's okay to do that. You know, and I, I talk with some of my other friends that own other businesses and stuff. And I always talk about like, Hey, at the gym closed tomorrow, like it closed tomorrow. Like I'm okay with it. Like I'd be bummed out for my members. Right. But I'd be ready to move on to the next thing. Like you just kind of pick yourself up and toss off and get ready to move on to the next thing. So I, and I think getting blinded by the fact of doing anything to keep it going would be the wrong thing, right? So it's kind of like you have to know if there's a point where you're like, hey, what I'm doing is great. And if I keep committing to it, it's going to be, it's going to work. And there's another point where you're like, hey, look, it, like I tried. That doesn't, it's not going to happen. Let's stop here. Let's start something else and let's move on to the next thing. And 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 not even like on the full business side of thing, but I think even just on ideas, you know, in the gym, it's like, okay, well, let's have this program. And, you know, you give it a whirl and you're like, oh, okay, it didn't work. No big deal. Right. Take on the next thing. Let's let's right. try it out. You know, beat so. yourself up over the things. No, that no, definitely not. I don't think. And you, you guys implemented something that uh, is interesting. Is you you created a membership just for pretty much open gym. Yes. Yeah, for having the global gym type of background prior to all the CrossFit stuff. When I first started getting into CrossFit, I, it blew my mind that people would open the door, come in for class. Everybody would leave. They would lock the door. The gym would be closed. They'd come back later, open the door again, teach class, close the doors, leave. And now that I just didn't understand it. I was like, well, what is this? Like, what do you mean? You're just not open for people to come and work out. Uh, so that was actually one thing, yeah, that we really focused in on was uh, just allowing the gym to be open. So like when we open at six in the morning, we're open at six in the morning. When we close, depending on the day of the week, as late as 8, 30, 9 o'clock some days, we're open till then. People come in and train on their own, you know, and I think a lot of it turned into people being uh, lacking self-confidence or unsure about their own business. Uh, So for us, it's always been like, I don't care if you take class. You could take class. It's awesome if you take class. If you just want to come in and lift on your own, come in and lift on your own. You know, like having people wanting to exercise to better themselves through physical exertion 
to me, it's really just ultimately the goal. Yeah. So if you want to come in and take a class, awesome. If you want to just come in because you're right around the corner from us and throw some weights around on your lunch break, have at it, you know? And so I never had an issue with that. I've never had an issue with a coach. I've had coaches that worked at other facilities. I've had coaches that have worked for me and then the other person. And I never do it behind their back or anything. So I'm like, you always have to be upfront about it. This is where you're going to coach if you're coaching in multiple locations. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I'm not worried if you're coming from CrossFit Rochester, CrossFit Paradigm, CrossFit Flower City, CrossFit Boomtown, wherever you're coming from and you're like, hey, I love, I have some free time. I'd love to teach a, a class here at such and such time. And if we have an opening there and you're a good person and you're a good coach, I'll hire you. Like, I don't have an issue with that. I don't, am I worried that, oh my God, that coach teaches at another facility and they're gonna siphon my members out into their club? No, because really, if I was worried about that, there's issues within my own facility that I probably should be addressing. I love it. There was that, You're, though, like in the infancy of CrossFit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely take that. And yeah. and it, I think even more so, it just had to deal with personal relationships of people. Yeah. Um, I think, I think just to interrupt real quick, because I, I love what you're saying. And Rodney and I, yeah. when we first talked uh, before we started this podcast, and we had some, a similar conversation about this, and I think this yeah. is this – is, fucking awesome because this is this is the thing this is one of the reasons why we started the podcast was to bring awareness to all the people like you and the community yeah. here and say hey these are the people that are out here to work out all yeah. we really give a shit about is that yeah. you go work out and better yourself yeah. so if if this crossfit guy sounds amazing to you go to him if 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 this yoga person sounds amazing go to them exactly because if you're doing it you as a business owner i as a business owner if we're doing our job properly and we're really taking care of our members they're going to want to come to us because they enjoy it, because they like it, because they yeah. like the workout and we're doing a good job. So if people are able to easily siphon people out, yeah. then we're not doing something right. Yeah. It's not about that trainer or it's not yeah. about that person. It's about us not doing something right. And that's so that's so important. So if we looked at it from that perspective, if everybody looked at it from that perspective and every single CrossFit place, yeah. every single Pilates place, every single boot camp <laughs> place, we all got together and we supported each other, we would all be fucking successful. Oh, definitely. Because there's enough people and and it's and that, and that's really what it's about. Out, you know, and yep. that's, that's such a great. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. So yeah. many people yeah. still in the world that don't. Right. Yeah. Do and, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And you know, and to your point, like when we were talking about um, when you introduced myself, and I talked about like I just like to facilitate health and wellness and fitness. So for me, having that personal training background in the beginning too, like I had a very hard time trying to find places that people would let me train my clients there. Yeah. So at that same point, I have personal trainers that run out space for me, bring in their own clients. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't need you to work for me. Like, right. I don't need your money. What I want to do is give you an opportunity to make your own career, make it easier on you because I had a difficult time. Right. I'm in a position now to be able to help some people come and train your people out of here. Like, I'll try to give you the nicest facility possible. I'll try to give you clean bathrooms. I'll try to make sure we have flexible hours, you know, whatever it is that I can kind of help you out with within reason, then that's what I want to be able to do. And to go back to, hey, like if my gym has this certain type of vibe and X gym has a different type of vibe and you like that vibe better, like 
I'll recommend that person to go there. I yep. think you should go there. I right. think you'll excel there. I think you'll enjoy it there. Why? Because probably you're going to stay with your fitness then at that point. Yep. If I try to put your square peg into my round hole and we just butt heads all the time, what are the chances of you making this a lifestyle? What's the right. chances of you really making an improvement on your life? Probably not going to happen. So, and we've done that before. We've said, hey, you probably should go to this facility. You should probably not do CrossFit anymore because you like to do a bajillion other activities, maybe just go to a regular gym, maybe go to a yoga studio, you know. Those are things that we've we've always done and I've always been open to it. And I've had, like I said, coaches from other facilities, I've had members from other facilities, uh, I've had people just come in and use, stay with their CrossFit classes because they enjoy that social aspect of it where they're at, and then just come in to use our facility for open gym time so they could do additional programming. Like all of it is, it's fine with me, you know. and. And I do find that very interesting. Like I said, in the beginning when CrossFit was like that, I was just like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't. <laughs> I think that's what drew me to CrossFit initially, like where I think I, like anybody that's kind of got CrossFit fever at one point or another, mm-hmm. like, I think my fever was like, you know what? I don't need this big box with all this like weird equipment and these weird yeah. things. I can take a a basketball that I put sand in and yeah. duct tape it and a kettlebell in a field and I can make it happen. And yeah. that's yeah. all you need. Yeah. And I, I don't need all this elaborate things to, to, to have fitness. Yes. And I think in my heart, I'm still kind of like that. Like I don't, I don't train people with too much like barbell stuff and yeah. lifting. Like, you know, sometimes we'll deadlift or something like that, like on a fun day, but like, yeah. I'm from the camp of like you can make it happen with anything. You yeah, not, not, the, you don't need the fanciest, yeah. the most prettiest things. Like in Black Label for me, it was like it was just a gross warehouse, right? Yeah. That like you know had puzzle mats in it, and yeah. like you know I had half the floor with the whole horse saw mats, yeah. and like you know, but it made it happen. And you made you can make a good trainer can figure yeah. out something. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know? yeah. You don't need anything. If, if that trainer needs to rely on like a Smith machine. Yeah. to train you yeah. you better think twice about your trainer yeah yeah, yeah. And, and I think it goes both ways though. you know for me it's it's to see the evolution of CrossFit right so it kind of became and just like fitness in general it kind of became just oh it's all about functional movement and functional exercises this and that and and all of a sudden it turned into like you see these games athletes and they're doing all these cool things then like social media kind of came around and you saw these people like oh they're actually still bench pressing Oh, yeah. they're actually still doing curls. You know, so we kind of came into this, like, light where you're like, hey, this one style of training is just like any other style of training. Depending on what your goals are, depending on what right. your priorities are, you're going to have to do different things, right. you know? and Everybody's different. They're yeah. Different. And for me, things. like, I've always bench pressed. I've always curled while being in a CrossFit athlete, right? So, and because I like it. I like the fact I want to look a specific way, right? So I know there are certain things I have to do to look a specific way. Right. I know there are certain things I have to do to perform specifically in CrossFit. So t- depending on the time, maybe some of that switches. Um, but I think there was this giant revolt against like uh, everything that's not whatever your your specific jam is like if you like to do yoga like everybody that picked up a barbell was stupid if you like to do crossfit everybody that did a bicep curl is stupid and i'm like no no no. like that's that's not how it is like and it shouldn't be like that you know you should be open to everything and that's 
the environment that we have, hopefully, that I like to say we have at Nova is we're open to everybody. If you want to come in and you want to be a hardcore CrossFit athlete, more power to you. If you want to come into our facility and you want to train for a bodybuilding show, that's awesome. Come in and come do that. If you come in and you just do BJJ, that's awesome. You know, so it's, it's always been like that. It's being supportive with other people going towards their goal, you know, and, and that's really the culture that we're looking for. And I think sometimes it gets um, lost in some of these very specific and niche facilities. Yeah. You know, and so it, it's there's value in it all. I think and there is absolutely value in it all. I, I, I now, how do you? How is like as far as the crosser thing? And yeah, I think one of my things, and, and, and I try not to do it as a coach. Like, so I understand measuring and putting our times down for workouts is like it's how we measure our success, right? Like how yeah. we're getting better, right? Yeah. But ultimately, humans compare. Yeah, we get stuck in comparison, and that's one of the worst things we can do in life. If I'm comparing like how much I have my bank account versus you, like yeah. you know, one person's gonna feel bad. Yeah. And do you do anything specific to like reiterate like your time is like your personal thing? You're not comparing yourself to this person, or like, we we do. Um, it goes. Uh, there's multiple things into it, right? So it's you versus you, right? You always hear those type of things. Yeah. Depending on what your priorities are. If your priority is like, hey, look at, I want to be a competitive athlete. Well, here's another individual who is very competitive. These are their times. This is what you should be trying to get to. If you're not interested in that and you're here for just general health and wellness, maybe your time is not as important, right? Uh, so there are certain things, I think, it's where- It's because it works. It's, it, like, it goes both ways. It's important, too. It is. If you, if, if, I always look at it like, I mean, I look at CrossFit. Yep. It's a sport. It is. And it should time, be related, like, it should be classified to that as well, too. It should be CrossFit sport. Like, football is a sport. You know what I mean? Like, so these, it has really become the sport of CrossFit and the method of CrossFit. And there's a very blurred line, which, you know, is yeah. hard for people to distinguish. And I think it takes a little bit of their own experience in realizing that, though. You know, we talked about making mistakes, right? Yeah. And to, uh, to learn from your errors. I think there's a certain amount of, hey, we've always worried, especially in the fitness world, it's always like, how do we stop people from overtraining? How do we make people get the best results in the shortest amount of time possible? How do we tell people not to go from zero to 100 as hard as they can all the time? And you can do that, you can have the influence on people, but in the end, I always think it's, unless they go through it themselves, and hopefully, again, it, it, they don't do any permanent type of damage, you don't do anything where they have a very traumatic injury, things of those nature. You have to kind of learn that, you know? And and we look at all these successful people, right? And it's all intuitive, right? You look at the top athletes, it's all intuitive. You look at the most successful business people in the world, it's all intuitive, right? They are like, oh, I go by my gut feeling and stuff. And now there's, we go to sleep and meditation and it's the new big thing. But those people that are super successful spent 20 hours a day working. Yeah. <laughs> Seven days a week previously. So now that they're successful, they can say, hey, look at like, this is important in the long run. Like I'm at a certain level of success now that I soon realize that I can't keep doing the same thing that I used to do in order for the longevity game, right? But it did play a role in me getting here. So I think a lot of times we always tell people like, don't do this, don't do that. Well, you know, you, 
Go Gary, through it first. Gary Vee says it the best, right? And I'm not going to quote him exactly. Yeah. I wish I, but he says, I'll, I'll just, like, he always says, he says, get off your fucking ass and just do it yeah. now. He's like, pick up your phone, post on Instagram right now. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's brilliant, you know? So whenever yeah. I need to, like, kick in my ass, I'll watch yeah. one of his, like, a minute and a half little rants or something, and yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I got to go fucking do something now. Yeah. Like, get off my ass. And that's that's it right there. Yeah. Well, you got to work your ass off. You, you do. Have to and, work your ass off. And you, and you look at it, you look at like these experts, right? You so, have to have good wives, though. If your wives aren't strong and you're working your ass oh, off for something, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. going to do it for very like, long. You just, have to, I'm the other guy sitting back going, like, I'm ta- uh, I don't know, like, I, I guess I'm like unplugging for me from this, from this, from everything, like, is so important. Yeah, like, and we it need is. to unplug. We're so. There's so much information getting thrown at us at so right. many different times from like we're getting sold every time we like open our phone essentially and it's like yeah. taking that time. It's important, but I think to like yeah, and there's a that. really big balance. And I think yeah. to 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 Kevin's point, you know, absolutely in the beginning, like right now, I'm still. I mean, my year, my business is this specific business open for a year, right? So mm-hmm. I'm still at the hustle stage, yeah. you know. But I do have to. I have, a, I have a business coach who's always telling me this too. He's like, you need to, to what do you call it, like a free day where you're yeah. just like chilling out and relaxing. So there is that balance. I feel like it's, that's very important for sure. And it is different for but, everybody though. But, you, but, but I also think sometimes in the beginning you gotta, you gotta just fucking go. Yeah. You know? And, and it is different for everybody. Yeah. I think it's, it's different for people at different stages, you know, of where they're at, where their perceived success is at, things of those natures. Um, because, like we talked about, you know, you learn so much during that time, right? Yeah. And then what you do is hopefully you learn enough to be able to share it with other people. But, yeah, to your extent of saying, hey, look at, I need X amount of time to unplug, right? So all this bombardment of technology and information and everything like that, if I don't get three hours of calmness a day, then you feel off, right? Well, somebody else might be like, I only need 20 minutes. You know, and that 20 minutes might be enough for them. And it might be them enough for them today, one year from now, yeah. 10 years from now. True. But on that 11th year, they might be like, you know what? Maybe I need a little more than 20 minutes now. But it takes – that's really difficult to do because you have to look at yourself, right? You always have to be analyzing yourself. I love Rodney's expression right yeah. now. It's like <laughs> – No, no, I love it. No, <laughs> I, know. I, I, yeah. I don't disagree. Like, yeah. I've, I've, I've had business endeavors where I've gone, you know, from when yeah. I wake up until I go sleep. Yeah. You know, and I'm doing yeah. shit all day. Yeah. And, that's my Knowing where I'm at now in, in lifestyle, I want to lead. For me personally, like I, I like I talk about whys all the time. Like if I have strong yeah. whys and I believe in something, like I don't mind putting that effort that yeah. like I'm exhausted like into something. Yeah. But I've done it so many times where like I didn't have strong whys. Yeah. That's I think where my passion comes from. Like it was like. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you know, having kids and trying to run a business and and, and, and like trying to work a job on the side, like you know, and it, it, it's crazy. You know, you crash and burn. But again, like back to your point, like you know, all the all of it was learning. Yeah, all of it's you know, learning. Um, and I think if you're doing what you really are meant to do on this earth, working twenty hours a day is not working. No, it's it's exhausting yeah, sometimes, yeah. but it's but it, you know you yeah. do need to take a break from it for sure. But mm-hmm. it's not it's different, you know. You like and you, you're you're you have a higher calling, you have a higher purpose because you understand your why, because you yeah. understand what your purpose is, you understand what you're going to get back to the universe, to the world, to the community, to the people around you. You know, I think, and that's the most important. That's why people look at me and they're like, how can you teach like 
you know, four classes or three classes in the morning and three or four at night and then have privates and do all that stuff. I'm like, because I love doing it. Am I yeah. tired sometimes? Yes. Would I prefer to not have to do that? Eventually I'm looking forward to not having to do that. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's what I got to do right now. It's, it's fine. I'm totally yeah. cool with it, you know? Yeah. And I always, you know, it, it's, it's tough because I've, it comes across cold and callous when you're like, well, work is work and you have to do it and your passion is your passion and it's on the side and, you know, you're very, you're very fortunate if they line up, you know, and for the majority of people, it doesn't, yeah. you know, and for the majority of people where it doesn't line up, it's not all loss where you're like, oh my God, like I work nine to five and I really want to be a baker, but I, I work at Kodak which I don't think anybody works at Kodak anymore. <laughs> but, you know, you can do that on the side, right? You can, right. if you really love it, you'll do it on the side. You'll get home from work at five o'clock, exactly. you'll bake till nine o'clock at night, and you'll go because and sell it. Because it's not work, yeah. it, it wakes you up. You know, yeah. I'm a musician as well, so when I was, I was working jobs I didn't like, mm-hmm. I would work all day, and I and then, and then I would play and record until like 11 o'clock at night and wake up yeah. at five o'clock in the morning, and I'd do it all over again. But it would, no matter how tired I was, it would energize yeah. me, and I would go, and I would go, and I would go, and I would do that stuff and I think that's that's absolutely and you there's 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 ways and there's like I've actually put a lifestyle program together that I'm rolling out in January that's that's aimed to do this for people as well but if you ask the whys all the time why am I why why do I have the goals that I have what is it going to do for me why why are these my passions and and get to the bottom of it and start working on it I think everybody in this world could could work in their passions always and not have to worry about it because there's there's somebody that there are people out there that like to go work at the factory. Yeah. They feel great. There's people yeah. out there that like to go be a cashier at Wegmans. You know, there's people out there that that is their their part yeah. of their passion, and maybe they like to go hiking on the side after that and yeah. stuff. So there's there's people. I, I really firmly believe there's people, and it would change. I mean, this is not going to happen, obviously, right now. But <laughs> but it, it would it would it'd be amazing how it would change things because it would yeah. make it would just make everybody fucking love each other more. Well, we'd have to. You know? In that scenario, right, we, and I am a firm believer in the same thing, it's to have the self-confidence, right? Right. Because we say, hey, look, if you're happy doing your cashier job from nine to five, but the outside world is like, hey, you're not successful, could you do that? Right. You know, and that wears on you, you know, and I think that's where the problem is. Then they're like, oh, I should be doing something else. I should be making more money. I should have a different job, things of that nature. Right. But if it's... If it's what makes you happy, but it's to have that confidence, I think, is something that we don't really teach a lot. And I used to hate the whole, like, I'm a snowflake thing and I'm an individual. And obviously, coming from the army, you're like, no, we're all the same. Like, right? We all have the same struggles and everything else. But there's a balance there. There's a balance of being... I am an individual. I know who I am. I know what makes me have value. But you also have to realize, hey, I'm part of a bigger thing. Right. right. And so as long as your individuality doesn't cause harm to others, it doesn't um, restrict others from doing things, things of that nature, then I think it's great. You know, right. and I always talk about for me, if you look at like my Instagram thing, there's a thing where it says empathy and ego. Right. I think. There's a lack of empathy in the world nowadays. Yeah. And I also think there's a lack of ego. And ego on the sense of just knowing who you are. Not having a big ego of forcing yourself on other people, but just internalizing and knowing who you are inside. So I think if you can get a balance between the empathy and have 
compassion for other people and forgiveness and understanding and know who you are at that same time, then we could be in that place where everybody could be doing their passion. Everybody could feel as if they are successful in their own right. Things of that nature. But it's just... (laughs) It's something that, again, it's what we teach doesn't line up with that, right? Like when we yeah. teach stuff in school, when we teach stuff in universities, when we... We teach you know, shoulds. Yeah. This is what you should do. Yeah. This is what you have to do. Yeah. We don't teach what do you want, who are you. Yeah. We don't oh. teach love. We don't teach, you know, just just go do what you want to do. I mean, yeah. when you're fucking 17, 18, 19 years old, do what you want to do. If you don't yeah. know what you want to do, just go fuck people or something, you know, yeah. have some fun, you know? Well, they, well, they just say, like, it up, try you know? stuff, right? Yeah, just try, try what, you know? and see what you like to do. And, you know, it reverts to, like, nowadays people are like, oh, I don't like this food. I don't like that food. I'm like, you've, you've never even had it before. Like, I know. And your unwillingness to try it. Thrives me. You know, it's always yeah. kind of like, like one of those things. Like, how do you know you don't like it? Yeah. Or it becomes a story we've told ourselves our whole life. Right. right. Yeah. Or somebody yeah. else told you. I don't like, like asparagus because, yeah. like, you know, I don't like it. Yeah. I told myself I didn't like it since right. I've been five. Yeah. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden you try it, you're like, oh, wait. Yeah, or you tried it once and it was prepared crappily, and you're like, oh, like it does suck. And then you try to get if you're willing to try it again, and somebody else makes it and it's way better. You're like, actually, I like asparagus. I don't like asparagus cooked that way, you know. Yeah. And and we don't we yeah. shut ourselves yeah. off to that too soon. And that's like, like in, in fitness, right? Like 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 CrossFit. That gets, like I don't like mm-hmm. CrossFit. You know, and it's like, well, you don't like CrossFit at that specific place by that specific yes. trainer. Right. You know, it's not that, or I don't like yoga. Yeah. You know, like, same it's Pilates. the same. It's the same, yeah. same thing across well, the board. Yeah. Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say anything to you. Get your ass in here and try yeah. Pilates. But, I'm petrified. But again, <laughs> like, even when we go back to that, like the empathy part, right? Like, I could be empathetic to the people or I can have understanding of the people that like that stuff, right? So I, maybe I am a diehard CrossFitter. But I would never bash anybody that wants to go on stage in a figure competition because that's what they like to do, you know? So right. to be confident in myself. Fills their soul. Yeah. To be open to that person, to know what that's what they like to do and not to be judgmental towards them. And, you know, and, and it just, it's one of those things that's incredibly difficult uh, to get across at a young age. I think as we get older, we start to learn that. And I think now people are becoming more aware of it, which is very... I think something that's very nice, but it is a trial and, you know, it is a learning experience. And the more you expose yourself to that type of stuff, I think it, you start to see that happen. And, and I think it's through the mistakes, right? Cause like I said, I, I've made all those mistakes. I've, I've gone into specific fitness fields where I'm like, this is the only thing, this is the best way to do it. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I don't care about yoga. Like who cares about that stuff? And oh, okay. And then you take a yoga yeah. class. You're like, oh, Actually, there's something cool kind of here, you know, and then you go and do something else. And yeah. it's just having those experiences to draw upon and to be open to it and to let people um, have their thing and not to be judgmental about it, you know, because I think we always worry about what other people say about us, you know, and our, you know, what we're doing with fitness and what you're doing and to not allow that to affect you to a certain yeah. extent and be like, oh, you do CrossFit. Like, why do you do it? It's stupid. And you're like... Because I like it. Like, I enjoy it. I, I like the camaraderie of it. I like the moving of it. I like the breathing heavy and the sweating and the doing just some random shit sometimes. Like, I enjoy that. And they're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And But it, it takes yeah. time to develop all that. And I think that's the one thing. We're always kind of like in this rush or these shortcuts to be like, okay, 
Like, don't worry about it. You can build your business in 30 days. You can do this in 60 days. You can, don't make the same mistake I did. Why not? Well, you making that mistake got you to here, so it's okay. Right. Like, allow other people to make those mistakes. So. That's where you learn. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely have learned a lot in my mistakes. <laughs> I've learned some in my successes as well, too. <laughs> like, yeah. I do think there is a, <laughs> you know, there is... The dual side of things is always, you know, it's always that same back and forth where you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. know, if I, if I don't look at my successes, right, if you don't appreciate them enough, then you're like, oh, okay. Like, you take them for granted. Right. You know, you know I don't you have to be think great. that's I think that. the word with that is just grateful. You just got to be grateful that yeah. every single thing that you're, that you're where you're at, that you have the people around you that have helped you, supported you, and just... Yeah. Once you're grateful of your life, you can't be pissed off. You can't be angry. You know, you can't be depressed. Yeah, and that's huge. Someone grateful and being grateful is almost a muscle. It's yeah. something you have to practice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it is, and you know, we you can see it often. You can see it from like, you know, I look at it where some guy's crossing the street and it's taking forever, and meanwhile the guy in the car is like just laying on his horn. I'm like, man, like. One, I hope to never be that person just laying on the horn, but I'm just like, you, you you get like two reactions. You're like, oh, that guy's a jerk, right? Like, oh, screw him, he's a dick. I can't believe he's just beeping at this old guy trying to cross the street. But then you're like, well, I don't know what's going on with him. Right. <laughs> you're like, he could be late for a very important work meeting right. that could make or break his career that he's trying to support his family. So it's always like that, that balance of, know. yeah. Never know. So until yeah. you're in that position, you know, and... And I think a lot of times we do that. We do we rush to that judgment. We're like, oh man, like that guy's just a dick, and you're like, yeah. oh god, he's just a you terrible person, and you don't know a lot of that type of stuff. And bringing it back to the fitness side of things, like you don't know why people do certain things in the fitness, you know, why they like it, or you know, why they don't want to do other things. And I think for myself, it's always being the facilitator, is at least to expose people to as much as possible, right? You know, how many times you get somebody that comes into the gym that says, I can't do this, or my doctor told me not to do that. Uh, and, yeah. You know, and, and, uh, and it's always these things where you're like... You gotta treat each one differently, too. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, they just need to get exposed and thrown into the fire. Sometimes you gotta, like, hold their hand for a while. Yeah. The baby steps, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Baby steps for some others just want, they're like, just ready to rock and roll and go for it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You have to just be able to read them. You have to be yeah. able to understand their, their, where they're at, you know? So important. So important. So, Kevin, uh, we always like to end the podcast okay. with uh, kind of some... Getting serious now. Yeah, oh, some man. words of advice. <laughs> like, so you have a young entrepreneur there that just, you know, maybe they work out and they, they, they want to start their own thing. They want to do their own thing. Um, what kind of advice would you give someone looking to start something on their own? Um, okay, so it's specifically in the fitness field? Like, or, or anything. Or anything. Yeah, There's a couple things, I think. One is you always want to seek out somebody who's done it already, right? So if I know that, hey, look, I want to open a gym, probably should go meet some people that own gyms. Talk to them. See what it's like. See the mistakes they made. See where they've been successful. Um ask them questions about things that they never thought they thought they'd have to do because you might be like I want to open a gym but then the guy's like hey you know be ready to clean toilets be ready to deal with complaining members be ready to deal with all this other type of stuff and then you might reflect back and be like oh actually I don't want to do that <laughs> I don't that's that's not really what I want <laughs> I just wanted a place with all the stuff I wanted in so I could train people there whenever I want to so then you'd be like oh okay well 
maybe you don't want a gym, right? But, and if you still do, yeah, seek somebody out to do that. I think you have to be, you have to be patient in the long run. You know what I mean? Like our gym, we didn't make money the first like three years, four years almost. We didn't make money. So I actually kind of broke even. Some months we broke even, some months we're putting more money into the account. Uh, so you do have to be patient, but you have to do everything every single day like it's a sprint, you know what I mean? So you gotta wake up in the morning to when you go to bed at night, do everything you can to be successful, but just know like, hey, there is another day, you know, and your short-term success doesn't translate to long-term success, so make sure you are following some type of plan and know what you really want in the end. Uh, and find very supportive people to put around you because it is tough, you know, and I think now it's very, it's cool to say you own something, mm-hmm. right? So you're like, oh, I work for myself. I'm a consultant. I'm a gym owner. I'm, you know, whatever. There's two things. One, you you have to make money. Like if you're a business, like it's easy to say like, oh, I own this business. Well, like, okay, well, how much money does your business actually make, right? So like you have to be careful with that and support, get yourself a lot, a big support system because it is difficult. There are very long nights. There are very stressful situations you have to go into. And I think a lot of times without that type of stuff, then the doubt comes in, the yeah. lack of self-confidence can creep in, the I'm a failure kind of comes in and, and it can really be, detrimental to people's long-term lifespan if that's something they're not prepared to deal with or they don't have enough support in their life. So I would tell always people to do that as well too, to have a nice support system, seek out somebody who's already done it, and then just be patient about it. Like those three things I think are just probably like the biggest things I would say that I've had to work on, (laughs) you know, in order to get to where I'm at now and I'm continuing to work on. And hopefully, uh, I'll always seek out other people as well, too. Like, to me, it's, you know, I reached out to Tim from Project Clean Nation. And I was like, hey, Tim, I'd love to sit down and chat with you. I'd just love to know, you know, some of the systems you have in place for yourself personally, for your business, things of that nature. Uh, I've talked to other business owners, you know. And That's awesome. for me, I always try to get out of the fitness realm a little bit uh, because a lot of it, it's very similar. And it is nice to have a different perspective on things. So I get out to some other businesses where I'm like, and really to find a mentor and coach. You know, we always talk about coaches, right? The people come to our exercise classes because they want instruction, right? They don't know how to do it themselves or they need that extra motivation or they need that accountability factor. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of that in the beginning. And so when I did find somebody that would help me out on the business side of things, I soon realized how much I was missing out on and I wasn't being accountable to myself. It was like, oh, I'll go and do this, you know, and I'll do it by Friday. And then like Friday comes and you're like, no one's yelling at me to finish it. I'm like, I'll just do it on Monday, you know? Exactly. I've done that many times. Yeah. So it it is a huge help. Therapy session here. No, no, no. No, it's good. It's so awesome. But yeah, it's great. And and I always just tell, we talk about it, you know, it's just know who you are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and know what your value is, but don't be so blinded by that to not limit yourself in opportunities, you know, like I said, and, and, it, and I think a lot of times we do get to that point in life where if it doesn't look exactly perfect, 
people don't want to do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like the progress over perfection, right? Just, just start it, right? Just take a job, go somewhere, do something, you know, put one foot in front of the other. You know, that's, that's the way eventually you get there. I I don't remember whether it was Tony Robbins or Richard Branson, but one of those guys said something before he said, when you're an entrepreneur, when you first started Mm -hmm. out, you really, you really have to just not really know what you're doing and just go. Because if you knew all the information and how hard it was actually really going to be, you had to kind of be naive. Yeah, and then they because you're just going to go and do it. But if you knew all the hardships you were going to yeah. have, you probably would never do it. No. You probably just be like, "I'm too fucking. I'm not doing that." Yeah. But 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 once you're in it, if you're serious about it, you find a way to work work through everything. You know. Oh, definitely. And it's funny. I just had a conversation with my my coaches. We were talking about a workout, and we had redone another workout. And I'm like, the blissfulness of being too stupid to know sometimes. Yeah. It's wonderful, you know, yeah, like, exactly. and once you experience it and you, you feel the pain and you feel the hurt <laughs> and then to try to drive yourself to go and do that again, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Right. And so like you were saying, sometimes just take that leap and just go with it yeah. and just make it happen. Yeah. Be resourceful and, 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 and just use everything you have around you to, to, to learn and grow. Yeah. So where, so Kevin, where can, where's Nova fitness? Where can people find you? Um, uh, so Nova fitness, we're located in neighborhood of the arts. So our exact address is 53 Russell street. Uh, but we are actually facing three heads brewery. So if you're going down Atlantic Avenue and you see three heads brewery, we're directly across the street from there. Um, so we're there. That's where our facility is. Uh, and I'm there usually all the time. Mm. So, <laughs> at least try to be there as much as possible when I'm in the country. Yeah. <laughs> Slash not traveling. So, but yeah, so that's where they can find me. Uh, if they have actually any questions, they can just call the gym. Um, they can message us on Facebook, just Nova Fitness. Uh, if they ever want to email me personally, it's just my name, Kevin.Sawyer at NovaFitnessSCJJ.com. And I try to get back to everybody you know, that day, if at all possible. So unless you email me at like 11.58, then I promise to get back to you the next day. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. Yes, thanks. No, it's awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. The opportunity to be on here, and it was wonderful. Been great, been great. All right, everyone listening out there, thanks again for your support. And uh, please, as always, comment, share, like. Any questions, any concerns, or anything like that, just let us know. You can comment on Facebook, comment on, comment on iTunes, uh, wherever you wherever you would like, and also share, share, share. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next time.